um, well, BBS was such a fun week. I mean, a week, yes. It's always such a fun week. You know, your kiddos get to come and eat yummy lunches and snacks, and they get to do crafts and games every day, and they get to worship and see skits. So it's a very fun week. And all of this while they're learning and hearing about the Word of God. So I've been serving in BBS for um, a couple of years, more than a couple of years now, but this is the first year that I was in the Bible lesson room. And to say that I was nervous, as I am right now, is an under, understatement. But uh, what an exhortation we have in Philippians 2.13, which says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And that's just what he did. He did his good pleasure. And I'm thankful he allowed me to be part of this very sweet week, along with Evita. Uh, this year's theme was Adventures in the Kingdom. So each day we, we learned about a uh, king and Queen Esther from the Bible. And according to the topic of the day, it was the king. So the first day was obedience. The second day was on loyalty. The third day was on purpose. The fourth day was on example. And the fifth day was on sacrifice. And it was just so sweet to see how they all, at the end, pointed to Jesus, um, how everything just pointed to, to Jesus, our King of Kings, right, who is always obedient and loyal to, to us and to, his, um, to our Abba Father. Uh, he fulfilled his purpose here on earth, being the, the example of sacrifice as he died on the cross for you and I, for you and me. It was, um, it was great to see the kids wanting to see what the activity of the day was. They wanted to participate, and they, I love to, to, ha to hear them um, have questions uh, they had, when they had comments about the teachings. And one of the days, as uh, one of the groups was getting ready to come into the classroom, um, I overheard one of them say, very excited, this is uh, my favorite class. So, <laughs> and then another day, uh, one of the kids came up, one of the other kids came up and said, um, I really like the teachings and I'm very thankful for all the teachings that, that, you, that you did. So it was very encouraging uh, to hear those feedbacks from the, from the children, from the kids. And um, on the last day, we were saying our goodbyes and as I was telling them, this is it, this is the last day, this is the last time you'll be here in, Bible, in the Bible lesson class. I would love to keep talking with you about uh, the Bible and going over the past, uh, the, the kings and the king and the queen. Um, but it was great to hear their reply when they said, we would love to keep going too. So that was um, very encouraging. And that last day, it was, uh, it was full of uh, highlights. We had um, an invitation for whoever wanted to do the salvation prayer for the very first day, for the first time. And a total of five kids did that uh, salvation, the sinner's prayer. And... Um, we also had, um, we also invited whoever wanted to rededicate their lives to the Lord, and one of the groups, uh, one kid came up that he wanted to rededicate his life, then two, then three, then four, then five, and even one of the guys came in and joined us, and so we gathered and we uh, prayed to rededicate our lives to the Lord. So by the end of the day, there were about 17 kids, including the guide, who rededicated their, their lives to the Lord. So talk about God and doing his work for his good pleasure, right? So if you did not get the chance to bring your kids to BBS this year, I encourage you, be the very first one to sign them up for the next year. Thank you.
Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Swani. I also had the opportunity of serving in, in VBS um, this year, and I've uh, served in VBS in years past, and it's always an exciting time because you never know, you know, how the Lord is going to just work, and just the anticipation as we prepare and meet and gather um, and just uh, do all the work that is necessary in order to prepare for that week, it's just always um, humbling just to see at the end of the week what the Lord has accomplished and then weeks and months and years after as um, I'm old enough <laughs> to know um, some adults now that were whether in kids ministry or in VBS and that still remember Bible verses and that still remember different scriptures or Bible lessons that they learned as children. Um, but this specific year, the Lord, um, with his sense of humor, he placed me in the Bible memory verse room, knowing that I have a, not a great memory for those of you that know me. <laughs> I tell people as crazy as my hair is, that's how it is inside my mind most of the time. <laughs> Um, so I said, Lord, okay, this is serious business. This cannot be the year that children do not remember their verses. That would be terrible, you know? So even as I look at um, a young man sitting up front, Sam, um, the Lord placed him, you know, with me. We were working together in the Bible verse room, and he speaks my language, which is music. So, you know, the Lord just used, you know, his gifts and I guess my craziness, you know, in order to just bring the Bible verses to the children and how humbling, you know, it was day after day to see their excitement about learning God's word and that they actually remembered it. And in the, in the process, I remembered them too, you know? So it was just, you know, wonderful, the lens that the Lord uh, will go to. But um, as Miss Sylvia was sharing, you know, she shared about the, the children that accepted the Lord for the first time, those that rededicated their lives um, during the process of the week of VBS and um, as I was praying about what to share, I was remembering um, of a conversation that um, you know, my husband and I were having um, just a couple days ago as he was sharing with me um, as he's going through the book of Jonah. And we were talking about just the lengths that the Lord will go through in order to reach us because ultimately his desire is that none would perish, you know. Um, so that the Lord would use Vacation Bible School and the preparation, and that the Lord would use, you know, every ministry here, you know. I think of the cafe ministry, and, you know, you're handing out a piece of bread, but, hey, someone is not going to be hungry, and they're going to be able to focus on the teaching, and who knows what the Lord is going to do, or the parking lot ministers, or, you know, the, the ushers and the teachers and kids' ministry, just every ministry, you know, that, that the Lord provides and that he allows us to be part of, um, it is for his kingdom, and the end result, you know, um, is for the, the, the purpose, I would say, is that, that none would perish. You know, it is fun, so we do have fun, you know, as we, as we serve in VBS, and, you know, it is a lot of work, but what compared to the work that Jesus did on the cross, you know? Um, but, but that, that the end result, as we serve the Lord, whether in VBS or in any other capacity, that it would be remembering that what the Lord is desiring, that none, that none would perish. Um, so the, the verse that um, came to mind um, a while back, just in thinking about VBS and, 
and the work that the Lord uh, is desiring to do there, I thought of Third uh, John, uh, verse 4 in Third John. So if you want to go there, or if maybe you know the verse. Um, and the verse reads, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And really, during the week of VBS, um, the truth was poured into the children. You know, in the time of crafts, in the time of snack, in the time of Bible memory verse, in the time of worship, in the Bible lesson time, you know, in the time of play, uh, where they were having the, the different um, activities, just in, in every component of VBS, the children were given the truth. And how the Lord tells us that there is no greater joy for him than to know that his children walk in truth and that he would desire to use us as part of that process is humbling and I'm thankful for it. And uh, it is, it's great, it's great to serve the Lord. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to have had that this year. And I look forward to the everlasting fruit that will continue to grow um, as a result of the VBS week. So thank you. Hi guys. So I didn't get the shirt memo. Thanks a lot guys. <laughs> so my name is Sasha. This is, I grew up in Calvary. I went to another church. I came back and it's so good to be back. This is my first time ever serving in VBS. Um, and it was probably the most terrifying decision I ever made, which sounds silly, but I have two boys. One is Noah and he has special needs. So he is nonverbal. He really can't communicate what he wants or needs. He still uses diapers, which he was the only kid in VBS with diapers. He can't really sit still for very long. Um, so he's a picky eater. So just as a mom, all the worries and fears of if he's going to be too much of a challenge for the volunteers, or what if he goes all day without eating, or what if he has a meltdown, who's going to soothe him? So I was so scared. And then on top of that, the, the toddler that I had that, would have, that was in the nursery all day, he's a breastfed, super mama's boy. You've probably heard him crying from the sanctuary. <laughs> so I was like, man, I'm going to put him through church boot camp. So I was pretty terrified. Um, but I was like, how could I, we can't outgive God. Like, how could, I, how could I not do it? You know, and I know that he's come through for me before. He'll come through for me again. But I was still so, so terrified. Um, even for the practices, there was days I couldn't make it or I had to leave early. And I, the negative thoughts or the attacks of the enemy would, would tell me, if you can't even do practice, how are you gonna show up here on time every day for five days straight? Um, my boys have never been in a structured setting like daycare or school. I've never had to wake them up, get them dressed early, to get them fed really quick to get somewhere. So. All of these little things for me were like, I can't do that. Like, there's no way I can do it, but I know God is going to help me, so just try. And everybody in VBS was so encouraging that I'm like, you know, it's worth a try. Sorry, my notes went blank here. Um, so, yeah. So, the only person who's ever really watched my kids is my mom. So, this was huge. I'm like one of those mama bears, control and in charge of everything. And I was about to just release them to this beautiful church family. And I think I was more concerned, not that I couldn't trust them, I love the family here, it was more that my kids were gonna be a, a burden on them or, or a distraction to the other kids or just 
of frustration in a, in a sense. So fast forward, we made it on time the first day thanks to my husband who took, who he's off Monday, so he came with us. At the end of that day, he looked so overwhelmed, so stressed that when we went home, we were he was like, Sasha, I don't know how they're gonna do it without me. Um, maybe we shouldn't take him anymore. So after lots of prayer and tears and crying, um, we were like, okay, maybe we should leave him at my mom's. And I reached out to Desiree and Victor and the, I think the easy thing for them would have been to say, yeah, you know what, out of convenience, you should, you should leave him with your mom. But that was not how they answered. They were like, bring him. Um, we're going to do whatever it takes. We'll figure it out. If we have to switch around, volunteer, we'll, we'll make it work. And um, one of the things that struck me was that we basically said, you know, Noah deserves to hear about Jesus just as much as any other kid does. So how could I take that away from him? Um, so we brought him, and he actually did better <laughs> without dad. Um, the, I, it was God's grace. It wasn't anything against dad. <laughs> it was just God being with him. And um, I remember getting here being so nervous. And I saw Ileana that morning. She could tell I was nervous. And I was like, pray for me. I'm flying solo today. And she said something that I was like, oof. She goes, you're never flying solo. And I was like, that's right, I'm never flying solo. So the servants were incredible. I mean, I would be on stage. I was in worship, I didn't even mention that, but I was on the worship team. And I would see him crying and someone would pick him up. They never looked frustrated. They never looked upset. He would put his head on their shoulder. I mean, you could see that he was happy. Um, Zion, who he went like six hours without nursing, which was unheard of. He slept better here than he does at home. So that in itself was another miracle from God. Um, so yeah, and then one thing that really struck me that I literally drove home sobbing the whole way was one day, Alicia, she, I'm the kind of person that I don't really accept help. Me and my husband kind of figure it all out because I don't really like to bother people. But the people at this church, they don't just offer help to be polite. They, they really mean it. So Alicia sees me, I have Zion in one arm, he was refusing the stroller, I'm pushing the stroller with my hip and one arm, and she's like, Sasha, can I help you? I'm like, no, I got it. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to my car. She goes, okay, I'm going with you. She's, like, she forced her help on me, which was the sweetest thing. She takes my stroller, when we get outside, it's raining. I thought she was gonna be like, oh, we're done here, take, no, she starts jogging in the rain, Noah having a blast, like the best day, best day of his life. We get to the car and I'm like, all right, thanks. And thinking that she's done and she's not done, she's gonna put him in his car seat and um, buckle him in. And of course, again, the enemy attacks me. Oh gosh, when she picks him up, he's gonna freak out. He doesn't really know her. She's probably not gonna put the seatbelt on right because I'm, I'm that mama bear. It needs to be you know, right at chest level. You know? So I'm like nervous seeing her do this. And I pick up Zion, I put him in his car seat, and when I look over, Noah is perfectly buckled. Good job, Alicia. And he's like super calm, super relaxed, and I'm just like, whoa. And I know for you guys, it's like, oh, she just put him in the car seat. But for someone who doesn't really get that much help, that to me was one of the biggest things. Like, man, they don't just wanna help. Like, they don't just say it, they really want to help this church family. And I was just sobbing the whole way home because I'm like, man, I can't believe I get to be a part of this church, this ministry, these people. They're incredible and they make me want to be better and I just couldn't get over it. So, and of course crying that Noah had a great day, that the people who were with him loved him so much and just sobbing and sobbing and, 
Anyways, I'm probably going over my time. But um, one of my biggest blessings of the whole thing was this little four-year-old girl named Adeline. Um, when I look at her, I, I, I know this sounds silly, but I just see the love of Jesus. Um, the way she was with Noah, I'm, you know, as a mom of someone with special needs, you think no one's ever going to really accept him or understand him or get him. And Adeline was like, she was only four. She's a baby herself, but she loved Noah, and he's a hugger. Like, he hugs too much. The other kids are like, what's going on? And when, when he would stop hugging, Adeline would go and hug him. Like, it was just like, whoa, how do you see this much compassion in a little child? Like, that for me was just like God's confirmation. Like, don't worry about the future. I'm going to provide every person that's going to love him. Like, you don't have to worry about that. He's going to get that friendship and that love. So Adeline, for me, I see her with little heart eyes. She's so perfect. And at the end of the day, even if there is no one else to love Noah, I know that God loves Noah and understands him more than I ever will. So, and getting to, see, I was in worship, so getting to see all of your kids singing with their eyes closed and their hands up, and there's literally nothing better than hearing children sing. It was the most beautiful thing. And, and um, the other kids too, and Noah's great, there was like this patience and they were cautious and beyond their years, if Noah would run by them, like I said, he can't sit still, they would make sure no one was in his way. Like they were just, it was just a blessing after blessing, just showing me, look, you were freaking out for no reason, I got you. So yeah, um, so if there's three things that you could take from my experience, it's never make a decision based off fear because I would have missed out on so much love and just there was stretching and growing, but there was so much love to see the people in this church that love on my boys. Um, the next thing is like what Ileana said, you're never flying solo. So despite everything that's going on in the world, how big and crazy and scary it is, your tiny problems to God are not tiny. He, he cares about every little detail, whether it's someone helping you with a stroller or providing a four-year-old girl who loves like Jesus does. And yeah. And then, um, and yeah, where God guides, he provides. So whether it's finances or opportunities or people to love on your kids, he's going to provide everything you need if he's calling you to something. So don't be afraid to do it. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you to all the people that went above and beyond for Noah. For you, it was probably just like a small act for us of servant serving but for me it was like the biggest thing in the world like you changed my life the way you love my son so thank you for that and I'm gonna just leave you guys with a verse so 2nd Corinthians 12 9 my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness so even if you think you can't do it it's okay you probably can't but he will get you through it and he'll do it for you so that was my VBS experience don't be afraid to volunteer if you are. <laughs> he has your back. <laughs> hey, family. My name is George. I have the blessed privilege of helping lead um, the youth group here at CCM. And um, just to give you a little bit of a, a back story to camp this year, uh, we took 55 youth to camp. Uh, 10 leaders, a handful of servants. Um, our guest pastor came down from Virginia 
and um, we also had a chef join us. So we had uh, uh, over 70 people at camp this year, a camp that comfortably probably holds about 40. Uh, <laughs> but the Lord's awesome. The Lord did it. And um, there's a video that I'd like to show you real quick. And then I'll have the youth come on up in the order that I told you guys. You could just come on up as each one finishes, okay? Hi everybody, my name is Kristen. This was my seventh and last year of uh, youth camp. I was gonna say VBS. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna be sharing from Psalm 20 if you wanna start turning there. So just a little backstory. Going into camp, I was originally really excited, uh, really looking forward to the work that the Lord was gonna be doing. And then about a week beforehand, um, just little tests started coming in and I was really doubting if um, if the Lord wanted me to go to camp, and a lot of fear was, um, was, co was coming in, and then I just started getting the mindset, well, God can speak to me at home. What do I have to go to camp for? And then very quickly, that mindset changed getting into camp, and the Lord was showing me just throughout the week that he wanted to speak to me in ways and show me things that he wasn't going to be able to do if I had stayed at home. So Psalm 20 was something that I read on the first day of camp, and... Um, the Lord used it at the end of the week to kind of tie everything in. So uh, the whole chapter was awesome, and I was able to kind of give a title to each portion of the chapter. So I'll just share one of those, and it was in verse 5, and it says, We will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of the Lord our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. And what I titled that verse was, What I do when the youth give their life to God. 
So that was my prayer going into camp, that I would just be able to see um, the different friends that I have in youth group surrender everything to the Lord. And the Lord was so faithful in doing that. And then um, at the end of the week, I just went back to this chapter, and then I saw in verse 9, it says, Save, Lord, may the king answer us when we call. And that's exactly what happened at camp. I saw um, so many of my friends and my brothers and sisters in Christ just calling out to the Lord and asking for salvation. And the Lord was so faithful in saving them and in doing that. And um, we had a baptism, which was shown in the video. And it was just so cool for me to be able to have been there and experienced that, which I wouldn't have seen if I was at home. Hearing about it isn't the same as being there and experiencing it with your brothers and sisters. And then through seeing all of them uh, just have this desire to give more and more to the Lord and want to hear more from him encouraged me so much. And I, was, I, am, I still am so filled with the joy of the Lord and uh, something that I had been praying for since as long as I can remember is just being content and filled with the Lord that I don't need or care or want anything else. And at camp, that was finally able to happen because I saw how eager my brothers and sisters were to, to have the Lord in their heart. So camp was just an amazing blessing for me, and I know it was for everyone else that went. And um, yeah, that's, that's just what I got from camp. Hi everyone, so my name is Isa, and this was also my seventh and last year of camp. Um, just kind of like a backstory, like Kristen said, uh, going into this camp, I didn't really like have an expectation of like something specific I wanted the Lord to, uh, I guess, speak to me about. Like every year in the past, I've gone with, you know, something uh, specific in mind that I've like, you know, intentionally like was praying about and asking the Lord and, and he was so faithful to answer those prayers in the past years. Um, but this year I didn't really have anything like that. I was very um, just open to see like what he was gonna do. Um, and exactly like Kristen was saying, like this year for me was so special because um, the Lord gave me the opportunity to see so many of the youth and like my brothers and sisters as well give their lives to the Lord, rededicate their lives, and, and go through these, like, um, seasons of, like, where the Lord speaks to you for the first time, and, like, being able to see that, and their excitement, and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember when that happened to me, and, like, being there alongside them, and, like, being able to rejoice with them was just super sweet, um, and one of the last days, uh, I was actually talking with Kristen and she reminded me of this verse that I had shared in like sixth grade at camp and I totally forgot that that was the first verse that the Lord ever like gave me, you know, like like where I was at camp for the first time I heard from the Lord and it was in 1 Timothy 4.12 and it says, let no one despise your youth but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And I realize like that was what camp was the the whole theme was being set apart and, and being an example and that was just my prayer for the youth was that we would be um 
those lights in this dark world and uh, just going into camp, I was really praying that the Lord would do a huge work in the youth group and that um, he would just like ignite that flame in everyone and I really saw that and I was super blessed by that. So that's more what uh, the Lord did through me was uh, he showed me that through everyone else. Um, so I was really blessed by that and yeah, that's what I got this year. <laughs> Good evening, family. How are you guys doing? So um, before I begin, I kind of want to say uh, a Bible verse that helped, really helped me uh, before going into camp, or something that I kept following through camp. It's Matthew 6, verse 33. It says, but seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So um, <clears throat> going into camp, uh, I was in a really bad place uh, with my family, with my friends that I was hanging out. Um, it was really like a hole that I really couldn't get out of. And, um, you know, I, going and thinking about camp, I was like, man, should I really go? Um, I had people like Kayla push me like, oh, are you going to camp this year? It's going to be so fun. I was like, yeah. So I, I didn't really know what to expect from it. <laughs> but um, so I was like, all right, fine, I'll sign up. So then I signed up, and, like, it was just amazing how, what for me, it felt like a coincidence, but actually it was the Holy Spirit moving throughout the camp with me. And it was uh, like every day gave me a new lesson, a new teaching. It really felt like God was holding my hand, just showing me like all the different parts of the like, of like learning about him. And I, it really felt me like, I really felt so blessed to be there and like meet so many new people. And like some people I didn't even know, like we became friends in an instant. And I was just like, man, this is amazing. So um, I was one of the few that got, uh, I think there was like 18 kids that got baptized. And when that was like truly a turning point in my life that I could really wash away my old self. And then when I left camp, it was truly like God telling me like, all right, this is your moment. Time to like put all the stuff that you applied in camp and show them out to the real world. Uh, real world. And then I was able to talk with my family. I was a better man. I started getting like good grades and like, like removed all the good, like those bad connections in my life. And like camp was just such a blessing and I'm so happy to be part of this family now. And um, I'm starting to go to church more. So yeah, that was my experience at camp. So, thank you. Hey, family, you could turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So I said we took 55 youth, and um, I never really planned water baptisms because it could just become something that you do year after year at youth camp. And um, I had one youth in specific ask me, can, can I get water baptized? I said, absolutely. And... Um, one youth turned into two youth, and before you know it, 18 youth got water baptized this year. And um, so many of them rededicated their lives. But, you know, as a youth pastor, you, you make sure that you know the state of your flock, and you make sure that you know where they're at with the Lord. And, and youth, we, we pray for you by name. You know, we, we care so much about you. And there's youth that we know weren't right with the Lord, and those youth all gave their lives to Jesus. Those youth that we were praying for by name since before camp, they completely made a 180, and we, we saw the difference throughout the whole week, 
And as, as Friday came around, it's like none of them wanted to leave, you know. But we know that camps are, are just a, a retreat, that camps aren't the real world. But as we headed back to Miami, uh, we see them continue coming to youth group. We see them purposing to spend time in their word to truly make that, that lifestyle change and it not be just a, a camp thing or a thing that they do over the summer. So uh, Kristen and Isa and Nico, you know, Kristen and Isa, I've seen them grow up in the youth group. Um, so to see them graduate is, is such a blessing and just to see what the Lord's doing in them. And then Nico, you know, just to see his, his life completely changed from a life in the world, right, to a life sold out for the Lord. Um, so there in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, I'll read to you uh, what the Lord put on my heart to, sh- to, to just have as a camp verse, and then uh, we'll have the young adults come up and give us um, just what happened there. But there in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, we'll start at verse 14, and it says the following. Well, we'll just read through it. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Baal? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, or set apart. And that was our prayer for the youth, that they would realize that the Lord has called them to be set apart from this world. And then it continues there, and it says, And I will receive you, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Thank you, guys. Hey, family, if you could turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, uh, verse 41 and 42. Uh, last month, it's crazy, it's already been over a month, uh, we were able to have the young adults uh, retreat there in uh, Bonita Springs, the Hyatt there. And uh, just such a blessing. Before the early bird rate was over, we already had uh, more young adults signed up than attended last year's retreat. So I was, we were all super excited as servants, so incredible. Uh, but then I called the hotel to let them know how many people were coming, and they told me there's no room in the hotel for that many people. Uh, so just right away, just seeing the spiritual warfare and everything going on, uh, we were able to have just under 80 people uh, attend the young adults retreat. And uh, just such a sweet thing that the Lord is doing with the young adults. You have some who uh, just graduated high school, 18 years old. Uh, You have others who just got married within the past month, some who just had a baby within the past few months, uh, some who are pregnant and expecting a baby within the next few few months. So uh, just such a sweet group of just young people all together just wanting to hear from the Lord. We were able to have Pastor John Randall from uh, Calvary San Juan Capistrano uh, come on over. And there in Luke chapter 10, verse 41, and 42, uh, just the theme truly I sense from the Lord for our group. It tells us, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. 
And uh, just more than ever, especially at a, a young age, how the decisions we make in life, they have such great ripple effects into the rest of our lives. And if there's one thing that's needed, it's just for each of us to have a personal relationship with Jesus. A just personal time reading your Bible, being able to hear from him, being able to speak with him, being able to cry out to him. As Nico said, sensing him, holding your hand and guiding you through life and through scriptures. And again, that was just my heart for the young adults. Uh, we had a great time. So we'll have the video. And then if those four young adults could just come up front and then you guys can go one after the other. Yeah, um, just that same verse. Um, actually, I'll read the from 38. And now it happened. Sorry, Matthew 10, 38 through 42. I'm John, by the way. Sorry. Uh, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So, I mean, it's pretty simple to the point, but 
Oh, it's, it's just so needed to go out and separate time alone with the Lord, whether it's a week at youth camp or a couple of days in a hotel. And I've, as I grow in this relationship with Jesus Christ, it becomes more of like every day I can go and be there with him. Um, someone said this to me uh, one, one young adult night when we were in a group that, you know, he's waiting there every morning for me, for us. Just a lot of times we kind of leave him hanging. And he's just, his mercies are new every morning, and he's always waiting for us to be undistracted, to put those distractions aside and say, I'm here, <laughs> Lord. And, you know, he loves us, and he's always there waiting, waiting for us to finally stop and like, okay, I need you, <laughs> you know. So just an encouragement, you know. Uh, whatever time you sense God telling you to separate and spend time with him, do it, you know, and thank God we don't have to wait for a year for the next Young Adults Retreat. I can do it tonight. We can do that tonight, you know, so that's just the encouragement. Love you guys. I think this is one of my favorite young adults retreats we've had so far. Um, the theme was one thing, and the main verse is from Luke 10, which was already read twice, but I'm going to read it one more time. <laughs> uh, just the last part. In uh, verse 41, the Lord's talking to Martha, and he says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen that good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Um, and for me, one of the things the Lord spoke to me the most about on this retreat was just how necessary it is to spend time with him. Um, I think being in church and going to church, we hear a lot about, oh, you know, read your Bible, how important it is to just read your Bible every day. Um, and it can be easily become a thing we do instead of something we look forward to. Um, and so just for me, <clears throat> something that he's been showing me is how um, how necessary that devotional life really is. It shouldn't just be a thing we do, but it's essential to our relationship with him. And um, when Pastor John was teaching about Mary and Martha, something I love that he said was that Mary was able to make the decision, because it was a choice. Um, it's, Jesus says that she's chosen the good portion. She was able to make the good decision because she had been sitting at Jesus' feet already. She had been listening to his voice. And so that led to her wanting more of him, her wanting to spend more time with him. Um, and more and more that's something that, you know, the Lord's just been showing me, like how important it is to be spending that time with him. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, I'm the first person to get caught up in all the little details that don't really matter. <laughs> so like I'm like the first person to just focus on like what's my to-do list for the day and what are all these things I need to get done and whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, in the light of eternity, all that I do for him, the time that I spend with him, that's what's gonna matter. That's the thing that I'm gonna look back on and say, I wish I did that. I wish I spent more of my time doing that. Um, and a quote that he shared, Pastor John Randall, that I loved, um, says that if you wanna see the face of Jesus, you have to sit at his feet. Um, and I thought that was really sweet. And just one more verse that the Lord um, really put on my heart this year was in Psalm 37, 4, which is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, and just how um, 
important it is and something I never realized is that when you're delighting in the Lord, when I'm um, really making him something I look forward to and something I, you know, I want to spend time with him, then, you know, my desires and the things that I want are going to be the things that please him, are going to be um, having to do with serving him, having to do with bringing him glory. And um, he wants that for me. You know, he wants to give me those things that are going to end up blessing him back. Um, and so that's just one of the things that um, the Lord showed me this year at the Young Adults Retreat. So, yeah. Good evening, family. Uh, my name is Jose, one of the many Jose's in this church. <laughs> <laughs> Um, little quick backstory. Uh, I wasn't going to be able to go to every single day of the retreat. This was actually my first summer young adult retreat, um, basically because of work. And I was debating of whether I should even go or not. So what I did was that, that final day after I got out of work, I drove all the way to Bonilla Springs, and I was able to make it. I thank the Lord. It was the best decision I ever made. Uh, I'm going to be sharing from uh, Philippians chapter three, verse seven. Where it says, uh, but what things were gained to me? These I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. So the Lord pretty much showed me like the importance of uh, being in his word. How it's better to, how Paul said that, you know, he... He lost everything, and all of that to him was rubbish compared to knowing the knowledge of, of Christ. And uh, in order for him, obviously, to, to gain him, uh, the, um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, so pretty much how everything, the word is so important to be in the word. Uh, I'm one of them, I could say, like, I would make certain excuses. Uh, daily life would be busy, work. And right before that retreat, and going to the retreat, it showed me like uh, I needed to spend more time in the Lord, more time in His Word, uh, just because you know of everything He did for us, and just to get closer to Him. And uh, it says in verse 10, it says that I may know Him. And to me, uh, I see it in the Word every day that so many people know about Jesus Christ, but not many people really know Him. How it's not just a religion, but it's a relationship with Him. Uh, when I first showed up to retreat, I was looking at everybody and I was like, oh, why is everybody so tanned? It's already day two and everybody had a tan and I was there like, it's <laughs> super white. But uh, man, just a truly blessing it was to be there for that one day I was able to be there. Uh, how the Lord showed me so much and just that matter of time. And uh, I recommend everybody, every young adult who's able to go to, to go and uh, you know, not think about it, not make excuses. And uh, trust me, it'll be a truly life-changing experience. Thank you guys. Um, hi, Melissa, if you're watching. Um, so my name is Mia, and uh, I went to the Young Adults Retreat this past July. And um, I would definitely encourage anybody who is thinking about it to go, uh, either to the winter one or the summer one. It's always such a good time, even though it's short. should be longer. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, 
one of the things that I got from the retreat, uh, the first teaching was about Mary and Martha and uh, just the differences between them. And um, I'm going to read the theme first, even though everybody's already read it. So, <laughs> uh, but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Uh, so one of the things that Pastor John said during the teaching was that every time Mary is mentioned in the Bible, she is always located at Jesus' feet. And uh, that really stuck with me because, you know, like I want to be that person that every time, you know, someone's asking, you know, how I'm doing in life or, you know, what I'm up to, that I'm always, you know, wanting to seek the Lord more and that I'm in a place where I'm purposing to, um, you know, seek after him and get to know him more. So uh, one of the questions as I was thinking about that, that, you know, I thought of was, how did Mary get to that place and what caused her to be there? And um, in my personal devotions, I was reading in uh, Psalm 105, verses 4 and 5, which say, Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. And after I read that, I kind of realized that it was the answer to my question. Mary was always able to choose the one thing that was needed because she never let herself forget everything that the Lord had already done for her and the work that he was continued to do in her afterwards. Um, choosing that one thing that is needed is always easier when I remind myself what he's already done in me. And especially when I remember that even though he's a holy and powerful God and that he's the creator of the universe, that he constantly makes himself small enough to hear my prayers and to guide me and to strengthen me each and every day with his word. And uh, what's even sweeter is just that choosing Jesus, choosing the one thing that you need and allowing him into your heart and allowing him to speak to you is the thing that's never, ever going to be taken away from you. So, um, yeah, you know, if you're here and maybe you think that there's nothing that you can remember to that the Lord has done for you, um, I would just encourage you to, you know, come up to turn to him today and um, just to allow him to do a work in you, allow him to speak to you and let him give you something to remember so that you have the thing that you need. Thank you. Just leave you with one more verse, uh, Joshua 21, verse 45. You can just write it down, but it's another one of those one things. Uh, there, Joshua, he says, not a word, and I believe in the King James, says, not one thing has failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. And again, that's just the hope, the joy that we have, that if we put our faith and reliance in Jesus Christ, not one thing uh, will fail of all the truths that he has given to us, all the promises he has for us. So if uh, Mike and the missions team, they can come up and uh, give us an update now. All right, turn your pages to Luke 10. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so... So, so this, this mission season was, was amazing for me. I'm talking about my experience right now, right? Uh, when the, the first missions uh, trip was planned, we, we didn't know where we were going. And I was telling uh, Zach, I said, I think we're going to Costa Rica. No, we're going to Puerto Rico. No, I don't know where we're going. And Zach just kept saying, okay, okay, okay. And the truth is, you know, the Lord already knew where he wanted us. I just didn't know yet. So uh, our first trip, we ended up in Guatemala. 
And, and as we were preparing for that, I just kept praying. I said, Lord, just give me one crazy person that's willing to go with me. He gave me 13, all right? <laughs> uh, and, and you'll see through the video, and as people share now today, you'll see what the Lord did. So as we came back, I said, okay, God, thank you so much. You, you were amazing. I said, uh, I don't know what the next season has for in store for us. And the Lord confirmed. He says, I want you back. I have a season for you in Guatemala. I said, yeah, but who's going to go back with me? I said, I already took 13 people. This is, I'm going to be there alone. We had 18 people sign up. And we had to close registration. And there's a few people out here that are mad at me right now because <laughs> um, they, they couldn't go. But the Lord is amazing. And, and you know, this is, uh, this is God's ministry, right? And the Lord calls each and every one of us as soldiers to serve him. And all we need to do is walk in faith. So uh, I'm going to play a little video. And I, we have Karen, Edward, and then I'm going to ask Daniel to come up after.
Okay, Mike said I only had two minutes. I don't know how I'm going to do that because there was a lot. <laughs> As you can see in the video, every day was a new day. Every day we had experienced different things. And I think every day the Lord spoke to me. So that's hard, Mike. <laughs> but um, I'm going to start off with uh, one of the first nights that we were there. Um, we had actually, not the first night, I think it was like the third night. We actually had to go evangelize. And I know we had, were separated in groups. And um, in one of my groups, I actually went and I saw there was a marketplace there. So I went into the marketplace with, with my husband and, and I think it was Brandon, Pastor Brandon. And I saw a lady that was there. There was hardly anybody else there because they were already closing. And I was able to kind of like reach out to her and like, oh, you know, you're invited. She said she would try. And then we kind of moved on. Um, that same night, you know, it was kind of like a short time. So... That, that same morning, actually I should go back, the same morning um, I was actually doing my Devo in Galatians 4, um, verse 3, and the Lord actually spoke to me and said, even so we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the Lord, and in my Devo time I actually kind of prayed about it, it was like, Lord, just remind me of the bondage that I was in so that I can remember all the things that you have done for me, and that was like at 5.30 in the morning and like at 6 o'clock in the morning, when we got together as a group, Mike was like, hey, by the way, you're going to share your testimony with the group that was there. So it was like the Lord actually answering my prayer really quickly <laughs> um, and just reminding me of the bondage that I was in. Um, so that same night after I invited that person, I know that Angeline and, and Richard also got to invite a family um, that was out of nowhere as well. The person that I invited that night did not show up, but the people that Angeline and Richard uh, had invited actually came uh, Rosa and Pedro, her sister and the two and two girls that were there. That day, I was actually able to kind of share with them and just speak to them and just kind of you know have conversations with them. And I shared my testimony that night so that they actually got to hear it. And I just I pray that that night when I did share my testimony, um, I did see that she was moved by it, uh, Rosa. Um, so I just I had prayed that you know whatever I had shared and that the Lord had stretched me this trip, was able to share and, and plant that seed for them. Um, so after that, um, I get nervous, sorry guys. <laughs> um, the next day we were able to, you know, after we worked with the, you know, the, the fundaciones, um, we were able to do that again, to go and share. And before we even went to share, me and Angeline went to the market to go find another family from the first trip and the same lady was there, and I went up to her again, and I said, hey, you know, we missed you yesterday in Spanish. And, and she said, no, you know, we couldn't make it last time because we had to put things away and get ready for the next day because she sold breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the market. But this time, I might have time, so I might go. So I was like, oh, okay, no problem. She ended up did come, coming with her husband. They were a little older, and um, they were able to come. And... They were the only ones that were actually there. And it was such a blessing to be able to, you know, to, to have them there. And we got to share with them a little bit as well. But I did see that her husband was a little uncomfortable at one point. And in my flesh and in my heart, I was like, oh, we've lost him. Forget it. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, all that effort for nothing, you know, when the enemy was just kind of talking to me. And I kind of left that night defeated. And in the morning, I also felt defeated as well had a little good cry. Um, and then the Lord kind of gave me a scripture in Galatians 6, 9, 
And it said, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And that kind of stuck with me on, you know, um, the, for the rest of the trip where we were kind of called just to, to drop the seeds and the Lord is going to water and somebody else is going to reap, but we shouldn't lose heart because we ourselves don't see it immediately, you know. And um, she did, you know, uh, we had so much going on. <laughs> it was just such a short trip. I felt like it went by so quickly, but there was so much going on that my heart was forever changed on this trip. Um, and, you know, I don't want to take too much, uh, but uh, she did come again on Sunday. Uh, and I think Pastor Brandon had, you know, kind of hired, not hired her, but like asked her to come and bring us food for the, for the you know, for, for us, for the family. And she was able to come with her husband. Just keep them in your prayers. Her name is Anna Maria. Um, because she, she was very sweet, and afterwards I, get, I did get to talk to them more, more in depth, and they were just very blessed that they were invited and that they felt just very, um, that we were very open with them and that we were very loving with them, and they were just very grateful that, we were, that they were invited. So just continue to be in, their, in prayer for them. Um, that they actually, the, the seeds that we did plant, they, they do get watered and they do continue to come. Um, with Rosa and Pedro, you know, I felt like I was able to build a, a friendship with her. Um, she was able to come to, to uh, the soccer event that we had and also on Sunday the service as well. And I'm going to end it with that so that just to remember not to lose heart, you know, because um, we shall, let me read it again, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So, yeah. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And that's Romans uh, 10, 9. And uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, it was really a place on my wife's heart to really go, and, um, and I'm really grateful that she did, um, that you know, she really did. And we jumped on as soon as um, we had the opportunity. And, um, Speaking of uh, the one couple that we were able to minister, we were speaking with, um, you know, with the very limited time that we have with them, within 20 minutes they were just pouring their heart out to us, you know. I was amazed at how comfortable they got with us, and they didn't even know us from the hole in the wall. Um, yeah, the amount of situations that they were going through, uh, that one family, which is Pedro and and... Rosa, which Karen mentioned, um, the husband I, in a previous relationship uh, had lost his son, who was in his 20s, to a heart attack. Uh, they had a, they had a daughter that has uh, cerebral palsy, if I'm saying that correctly, and um, the husband's family had betrayed them uh, from their business. Um, we really fell for them, and we poured love into them. We prayed with them. They cried with us, and. But with all those emotions, with all that we went through, uh, there's one thing we didn't do. We didn't ask them if they were saved. And we can go through the motions all we want. 
We can, pr we can pray until we're blue in the face. But if we don't ask them if they're saved, this is going to be done in vain. So it's important not to get so caught up with it. You know, when we meet people, you know, especially for the first time, people coming through these doors, we never know if we're going to see them again. And it may have been a great experience, but that's all it was. So I didn't ask them, and um, I had realized that because I'm, I'm real slow. And I, I realized that later, like I never asked. So um, Sunday came, uh, which was about two days or three days later. Mike had finished giving, a, um, had finished giving the teaching, the Sunday teaching. And uh, he had called anybody who wanted to receive Christ to come up. And um, as soon as he said that, I see the blue car coming in, and it was them. But this time it was, the husband wasn't there, but it was her, her sister, and their two daughters. And they came right after Mike had said that, that the, the service was closing. And then, uh, so they sat up front. And uh, they caught, you know, it was, as I mentioned, the, the service was coming to a close. And then we had a, a celebration, as you saw, the mariachis came in. And, and um, so I couldn't come up to them. I didn't want to be disrupted with all the noise because it was really loud. So I waited outside for a little bit. And... Um, that, that ended, uh, had been a little while, and then I thought, oh my goodness, I gotta go back in and find her, and I gotta ask her. And I went in, she wasn't there. And I was like, oh, you know, I blew the opportunity. And uh, so I, I just casually walked outside to see if maybe I'll happen to catch the car. You know, maybe I'll catch her walking to her car or whatever. And right as I was, I was about to turn to go back into the building, I mean, I mean like a second, you know, just to turn around, I see the blue car. And she rolls down her window and she says, she says Karen's name. So I, you know, I, Karen had a great connection with, with people. She's, she has such a gift of, of, of loving people and talking with them and, and, is, and it's being so genuine. And I go, yeah, no problem, I'll, I'll go get her. And I told her, just go ahead and park. And um, she came out and as I went to go get Karen, I met with her and I go, look, I gotta ask you a question. This is really important. And I also mentioned the same thing. We can go through the motions, we can do all this, but I gotta know, are you saved? You know, do you want us to receive Jesus Christ? And she said, yeah, that's why we've come here. And little did I know, what if I didn't ever would have asked? You know? And at that moment, her and her sister, at that very moment, got saved. And um, it was great, you know? They, they, they received Christ and, and we fulfilled what we were supposed to do. And, and uh, I had to really get out of my comfort zone because if any, you know, a lot of you know me, I'm just a very quiet person. That's just my comfort. That's just where I'm, that's, you know, it's my safe place. But I had to get quickly out of my comfort zone and I had to ask. And it was all by the spirit. I, I wouldn't have done it. I really wouldn't have. And um, so I called Brandon and he led them in a prayer. And, and they got saved. My only problem was this. I made a mistake. I called Brandon to pray with them. I should have prayed with them. He didn't call Brandon to come and save them. He called me to lead them in prayer. So I, I, I sensed that as soon as, you know, uh, as soon as they got saved. Nonetheless, they did, thankfully. Um, but I learned that, that lesson pretty quick because I felt the conviction. Um, so I want to encourage everybody, you know, uh, we can, again, we can, we can get caught up in it. I get it. I love those moments. They're great, and, and we see a lot of it. But they got to have that foundation or else this is going to be in vain. So.
I just want to leave you guys with that. Thank you. Um, I was not expecting to share this evening, but <laughs> um, with that in mind, I want to open this evening up with a quick excerpt from this poem that Mike shared. <laughs> uh, I had a feeling you were going to read it, so I beat you to it. <laughs> so I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to read the portion that really spoke to me. Um, authors unknown, unfortunately, but uh, okay. I am a soldier in the army. I am a soldier in the army of God. I am a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Spirit is my code of, of conduct. Faith, prayer, and word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army, and I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. So, um, it's, it's a, it really spoke to me, especially with this one. Um, I had the privilege uh, of going to both mission trips this year. Um, this, the last year was my first one, and this one being my second one. And uh, on the first one, the Lord had been, well, I had been like stuck with stuff that was on my heart, um, mentally like blocks that were put there by the enemy. And um, towards the end of it, I was able to overcome it through fellowship and reading of his word and then just I feel ultimately the fellowship was what spoke to me and one of the things that were that was kind of like blocking me for the longest time was uh, and actually still blocks me from time to time but just having insecurity and letting that dictate how I make decisions what I do how I move forward and so reading this poem um, especially the last part where it's, it's a roll call, essentially. Um, I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. Um, seeing the confidence that this um, person had in the Lord and that he can have that marching call was something that had, that had been something I'd been desiring for the longest time. And also now moving forward um, to this missions trip this year, uh, the first day, the Devo, um, one of the verses that spoke out to me and kind of like was my um, cornerstone um, for what I did, uh, Psalms 25, verse 9, the meek he will guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Um, there was, in addition to just the, the mental and spiritual dynamic of the mission strip, um, the Lord also stretched me with doing certain stuff, like physically also, that uh, we had to do there. Uh, I'm not really fond of going on tin roofs with uh, rusty beams. And that was the first place I was put. Um, <laughs> uh, I was freaking out, um, tetanus, falling through the roof and stuff. But putting that, <laughs> putting that all aside, it was sweet seeing that in spite of my shortcomings, my mental blocks that I placed in myself, Lord was able to use that. And we were still able to accomplish the jobs that were there. Um, I'm even hearing it seemed like quite daunting. We had like two roofs that we had to do. And we ended up thankfully finishing in like the four day mark. Um, Mike got injured, unfortunately, so it was like a small group of us there, but in spite of that, we were still, all of us collectively held on to like the convictions and the mission that we went there, which was to serve, or being faithful in what the Lord had called us to do, and that's only accomplished, referencing to the psalm, being meek, uh, being meek in the Lord's presence and allowing him to be your judgment, allowing him to teach you his ways. 
And with that, that's what I got from this mission strip. I'll be quick, Zach, I promise. Um, so I was going to share that poem because the Lord put it in my heart to share it at the mission strip, and I want to share it with you guys. I'll read the full thing. But uh, just real quick, you saw the, the kingdom, right, the, these kids, these, these VBS kids being built up in the Lord, and you see the, the youth, the, the strength they have, the courage that they're being taught. You see the, the young adults, um, and now you see, you know, these warriors for Christ, these soldiers for Christ that are being called out into the mission field. But, you know, our life is a mission field, and we're called to be out there every day. You don't need to sign up for one of these to be used by the Lord. All right? The Lord can use each and every one of you with the special gifts he's given each and every one of you. So don't, don't let yourself be robbed from those gifts that the Lord's given you. And I'm going to close with this poem. I am a soldier in the army of God. The Lord Christ Jesus is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am, a, I am a volunteer in the army, and I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be tapped out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I am there. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I am not, I do not need to be pampered, pettied, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. <clears throat> I am in a place Saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising him, praising his name, and building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, or candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. When Jesus calls me into his army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I will still come out ahead. I will win. My God has and will continue to supply all I need. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat me. People cannot delusionize me. Weather cannot worry me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me, and all hell cannot stop me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when the commander calls me for his battle, he will promote me to captain, and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching, claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier, marching heaven-bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? Love you guys. Family, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. 
Uh, just closing up tonight, uh, again, maybe you missed out on some of these summer activities. Again, don't be uh, down on yourself, but just jump on the next opportunity. I think even John mentioned that even tonight, go home, read your word, and uh, get in it. But uh, don't allow your Christianity to only be during a retreat or during only one season of life or only one season of the year. Uh, but each and every day, and there in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 it tells us, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Uh, so again, just such a mighty work that the Lord has been doing through the church, through so many people. Uh, but I encourage you in your daily life, Ask yourself, the decisions that you're making, are they based upon the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Or are they possibly for our own comforts, for our own desires, for our own fleshly wants? Or can we truly say, Lord, I'm doing this because I know it's for you and for your kingdom. So hey, let's pray. The pastors will be up front afterwards if you need prayer. And I will close. So Lord, we just love you, God. And again, Lord, just thank you for the work that you're doing within our church, Lord. Uh, through so many people, God. And Lord, I just pray that each of us, we would be the warriors who you have called us to be, Lord. Each of us would be in this battle and in this fight of darkness versus light, Lord. Each of us would be filled with your word, Lord, filled with your Holy Spirit, God, ready for each and every battle, God. So Lord, just be with us, strengthen us, Lord. Help us to be those shining lights, God. And Lord, we just lift up Friday night, Lord. We pray that you'd bind the enemy, Lord, all the distractions, all the forces of darkness, Lord, that would like to mess it up, Lord. We cry out to you, Lord, for just good weather for the afternoon and the evening, Lord. And we pray even now that you would be softening the hearts of, Lord, unbelievers and believers that will be coming on out, Lord. People that need to choose, Lord, who they will serve for the rest of their lives, God. So again, Lord, we just lift up that night. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, I encourage you to continue to pray.